Hey, what is going on, people? Welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. I was going to talk about, and I will later talk about, podcasters. Are you ready to quit podcasting? But something has become more important than that subject, but it fits into the subject matter per se. And we're going to spend a couple of minutes talking about Tyreek Nichols, Scorpion Unit, the Memphis PD, and Sherilyn C.J. Davis, who happens to be, I believe, the police commissioner of the city of Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, there's a lot of things to break down here. Well, first off, let's start out by saying rest in peace to Tyreek Nichols. If you've been living under a rock, this was a 29-year-old black male who died three days after being stopped at a traffic stop. The officers involved were Thaddeus Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith. I also believe that the paramedics in this case should be charged because they rendered no aid. Two other cops were also suspended. More than likely, they should be also fired. This incident happened on January the 7th. He died three days later, which would have meant that he passed away on January the 10th. These officers have now been arrested and faces charges of second-degree murder, aggravated kidnapping, aggravated assault, official misconduct, and official oppression. Now, the Scorpion Unit stands for Streets Crime Operations to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods. If you are from where I'm from, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. That is an acronym for basically the Jump Out Boys. Jump out boys are not somebody you want to see, not somebody you want to deal with. They there to wreck havoc in your life, even if you're not up to no good. Now, this uh Carolyn CJ Davis, she was the cur- she's the current chief of police in Memphis. She was previously fired from a position in Atlanta Police Department in 2008 because she did not want a sergeant's husband to be investigating for keeping company with underage girls. This dude went on to be convicted of uh, sex crimes. And uh, she forced the Atlanta PD to take no action, but the city investigated. She also became a commissioner in Durham, North Carolina. How this lady keeps getting to move around and about through the police departments I don't know. She came off acting one way on the air, but come to find out she is the one who set up the use of the Scorpion units in Memphis. Now, this is ridiculous when I found this out. The Scorpion unit consists of three teams of 30 officers. 30 of anything is a militia, an army, a devastating force. That is 30 men with access to guns and badges with immunity to do what they want and how they want. Now let's get into Mr. Tyreek Davis. We've all seen the video by now. And if you have not seen the video, you've heard about the video. You've seen pictures of the video. Uh, This was disgusting. This young man complied. I don't give a fuck what you think you didn't see or seen. He complied. And for you idiots who said he should address them in a sir manner, 
he said, sir, what did I do wrong? Rewind the tapes. He clearly says it. He also voiced his right to say, what did I do wrong? These men came up to him and did not, or this one particular officer came up and did not do the standard, sir, can I see your license and registration? He told him to get the fuck out the car. That is not how you approach a citizen who helps to pay your salary. I'm going to tell you now, if you are a white person, you might have never in your life been treated like this by the police. A lot of us black inner city people, and I'm from Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. I am well aware and have dealt anywhere from 20 to 50 times in my life with jump out boys. This is how they treat you. They treat you with no dignity. They treat you with no respect. You might be in street clothes or you could be in corporate clothes and they will treat you in the same manner. Uh, there's supposed to be a way that you go about a police stop and it's never get the fuck out the car. It's your license and registration. And they refer to you as sir or ma'am because they don't know who you may be. They are just officer. You know what? You may ask them for their name. You may not. Don't ever forget you have the right to remain silent. You do not have to speak. It is your constitutional Miranda's right to speak or not to speak. You can wait to be given a lawyer as your mouthpiece. You do not ever have to speak. Don't let anybody fool you that you have to speak. You know? Ah, okay. Now, with these jump out boys, and if you are aware of them, and if you have dealt with them as many times as I have, you have heard them use things like 1013 code, which is assist officer. You've heard them say 1085 need additional units. I have been in situations where 10 to 15 cop cars have pulled up on the block where me and guys have been just piling around. Sure, we were corner store guys. Sure, some people might have had a beer. Sure, some dudes had do-rags, jewelry, and I'm bell tattooed from head to toe, basically. So we might look like something, but we were not out there committing any crimes. But uh, this whole situation, this wandering wolf pack in unmarked cars, pulling people over, snatching people up. I understand that they got a lot of people off the streets, but what were their methods? What was the way that they go about doing what they had to do? Did they do it as though they were some paramilitary organization? And for them to be so heartless, because people say this is a black on black crime. This was a blue on black crime. They were emboldened because they had the badge. They were emboldened because they had the PBA to back them when they thought they'd go to court. As you've seen, they sat there and tried to calculate and come up with a story. Oh, that boy must have been on something. He's obviously high. Never told this young man. He died never knowing why these officers did what they did to him. You've seen that cop washing that pepper spray out of his eyes. This young man had no chance to wash the pepper spray out of his eyes. He had no chance to even comply when two men are holding one arm of 
apart. Each arm held apart while he's baton, while he's punched, while he's kicked. And at the same time, they're screaming a lie to comply and put your hands behind your back. How do you put your hands behind your back when two grown men are holding each arm? I mean, this was a fucking disgusting show of force. I hope that they all suffer. And I'm going to say their fucking names again. Thaddeus Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith. If you feel at some point in time any empathy or sympathy for these men and what they've done to their legacy, what they've done to their family, what they've done to their reputation, what they've done to that police department, remember Tyreek Nichols. I didn't say forgive and forget. Don't forgive them for these actions. Let God stand in his ground and do his job, and you can be a human. A human will hold them accountable for their actions. And for those who think there's any way, shape, or form that these men will get off on this crime, don't fool yourself. They will not. They will pay the consequences for the actions that they have brought into this world. For the discord, for the cause and effect that is hitting other cities because the shit never ends. And we always... When you're black, you don't always go, when will it stop? You always just go, who's next? So don't feel empathy for them. Don't worry about their children. They did this to their families. They did this to their children. They did this to their wives. They did this to their fathers, brothers, sisters. I hear that some of these guys are frat members. They did this to their frat. You did not do this. Uh, And you know what, white people? I want you to have a little bit more empathy. A little bit more empathy when you say stupid shit online like comply. Look at the facts. See what your eyes really tell you and see if a person is complying or not. He took off because his life was in jeopardy. We come to find out that it truly was in jeopardy. These men hounded him down, man. They, they, I mean, over a traffic stop, they could have had a cop the very next day told the car, I mean, they could have told the car that day, had a police officer stop by his home at another time and issue him his summons or even arrest him. There was no need for this. I'm trying to figure out when are other people in Memphis going to speak up about the Scorpion unit and their contact that they had with these particular officers and how they were harassed and maybe beaten, detained without justification because you don't do stuff like this unless you can do stuff like this. And where was a sergeant on scene? Where was a, a, an officer who was in control and in charge of this situation? You can't just have five B-cops, one wolf packing around like a gang of thugs doing whatever that they please to whomever they please and nobody being held accountable. Why was it somebody on the horn going, why are so many of y'all over there? If you worked at Walmart and everybody was hanging out at the clothes uh, pants area, the folding bin, the supervisor in Walmart would say, why are 10 of y'all at the folding bin? Uh, why are 10 people at the fry making thing at McDonald's? Your supervisor wouldn't stand for it. Who, was, who are the cops that's in charge? 
or are these guys just allowed to roam like a wolf pack all night to do whatever they want under the cloak of darkness now they might not even realize to the very end that the upstairs camera was filming them because it seems like when they sat down and they realized that they now were on their body cam because for a good period of time somebody covered up their body cam for a good period of time and i'm gonna tell you now this emotionally hurt me because hearing it was just as bad as witnessing it when i hear another young black man in this world had to scream for his mother i mean that's in a desperate situation and no drop of humanity from any of them saying stop i mean as we know, or as we found out, this Carolyn C.J. Davis did put into effect rules and regulations that was taught to every Memphis officer that they also had the accountability to cease activity by other police officers if it was going overboard. How did somebody not know that the first time that this man threw a kick to a downed suspect, not a mass murderer, not a multiple incident shooter but a dude at a traffic stop and why is a unit like the scorpion unit even being bothered he couldn't write the plate down run the plate picture the plate i'm sure the technology is in his car and pass this off to a blue and white or black and white whatever you want to call a patrol car uh, most cities have cameras that will apply tickets to license plates they could have did this this was not for a streets crime unit to be doing. Uh, I know that I didn't get in every point that I wanted to get in. Uh, I knew that I mumbled a bit, but this is an emotional situation. This is something that I have to deal with because you know what? It brings back PTS type memories of me standing on the corner with my friends when these 1013s and 1085 calls go over the, the radio and you go from suspects with a gun and there's no gun on the scene and the next thing you know everybody's on the floor everybody's cuffed people being taken to precincts and no weapon has been found it was because there was never a weapon on the scene uh you know what like i said be glad it's not you be glad it's not your children who have to deal with this type of situation but young black boys around america we deal with this. This is a part of our deal. This is a part of our understanding here in this country. We can rise above it. We can move on out of it. But there are times and places in our lives where there's nothing that we can do. I, this is like I said, it's happened no less than 20 and maybe no more than 50. But that is a lot of trauma to have to deal with Sarge and his boys just hopping out. You don't know if they're the gangster coming to kill somebody by mistaken identity you don't know if they law enforcement okay i see some of these cities now I'll make them wear at least a nylon jacket that said police but back in our days man it'd be two five dudes and do rags with gold chains timberlands and jeans hopping out on you and you don't know who the fuck they are because the neighborhood ain't the nicest so you don't know if it's stick up time you don't know if it's payback time you don't know what the fuck it is but you go on with your life and you stop judging us you stop saying that we're always in the wrong Tyrese Nichols did nothing wrong 
the only thing he did wrong that day was he happened to come up on the wrong cop at the wrong time at the wrong place and a traffic stop should not cost a young man his life white black hispanic or asian especially when we let fucking people who do mass shootings not only walk into precincts but some of them strut into precincts as though they did something big and appreciated by society now i'm going to leave that alone from now if i have another thought on this subject i will bring it back up but uh you know what i'm going to move on to the other topic that i really wanted to get into and it's podcasters are you ready to quit podcasting see situations like this tyree's nickel situation might just be something that you can take into consideration because it's going to give you great content it's going to give you a chance to voice your opinion because the biggest key to being a podcaster is you must respect people's times you have to deliver consistent content to people and sometimes the world gives you your content without you even looking for it i mean are you you do you want to quit because you're not getting the results that you that you desire you 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 think it's too much hard work you're not willing to change your tactics and how you deliver content to people uh, what are your expectations do you have a goal to become joe rogan or howard stern or somebody big that you see who also has a not only a television show but a podcast do you take the time to put in and gain knowledge of the subject matters that you are talking about are you willing to sell out to talk about just any old subject matter no matter how irrelevant it is i mean are you willing to gossip about who's dating who who looks hot whose breast is this who's that who broke up i mean if that's your preference that's your preference are you willing to persevere because failure is a part of podcasting you're going to have some successful shows you're going to have some very unsuccessful shows more than likely but you got to be determined because if not you're going to fizzle out it's important that you get some artwork you know are your subjects topics or hot topics there is a difference between a topic and a hot topic uh get yourself a logo some introductory music then figure out are you going to be an audio podcast or are you going to be a video podcast me i choose to be an audio only podcast i don't need you seeing me i don't need you seeing my life i don't need you making determinations on my looks if that's why you're going to listen to me or not that's this was a chosen direction to go with audio versus video are you willing to always keep it real you got to be authentic to who you are your viewpoints can be somebody else's viewpoints because you will be found out if you get viewers that two weeks later you have a different tune to what you thought about two weeks ago to what you're saying today uh they will figure it out you're gonna have to figure out are you gonna keep clean or explicit language are you talking to everybody do you feel like people are grown up enough to handle you being able to use language maybe uh it doesn't show your lack of education because you cuss it might just exhibit your emotions at the time 
You can't be lazy if you're going to be a podcaster. Not if you care about it or you will quit because lazy people don't put in the time, the energy and effort to, like I said before, to figure out, understand the subject matters they're going to talk about, have any expertise in subject matters they're going to talk about. Are you going to be a copycat? You're just going to listen to other people's podcasts and regurgitate what you already heard other people say. You know, listeners, subscribers are important. Reach out to them. Talk to them directly as though you are talking to yourself. Uh, tell them to engage with you if possible via email, if you have a website, uh, subscribing, uh, shouting you out, leaving reviews. Use your own personality. Don't be inconsistent. Don't be one person one day, another person another day. Post one show every four months. That kind of inconsistency will not get you listeners. And I just said it before, always ask for reviews and feedback. But most of all, be yourself. So you have to ask yourself again, are you ready to quit? Think about some of the things I said. Because your voice might be a voice of reason that helps somebody get through it. Then I almost forgot one of the most important things. Why did you start to begin with? What was your motivational goal to start being podcast? Was it to be heard? Was it to be rich? Was it to interact with other people? The only person you can, who can figure that out because that question is rhetorical is you. And once you figure out why then you'll figure out what you need to do to maintain. I wish you nothing but luck in your podcast experience because once again, everybody's voice in this day and age, there's so many topics. You might be able to help somebody in some way, shape, form, or fashion by being a voice that they need to hear at a particular time that's going to help them get through, that's going to either teach them or is going to guide them or hold their hand or even correct them in certain situations. So don't feel that you're ever wasting your time because you're not a Joe Rogan, because you're not big like a Howard Stern. And just because you're not making the top list on Amazon or Apple or Spotify, it doesn't mean you're nobody. The only person who could tell that you tell you that you're nobody is you. So I'm going to finish off with that. And I feel that I hit on that topic. And we're going to go on to the regular podcast now. Unfortunately, we had three mass killings in eight days in America. We had the Yamaka County shooting. We had the Circle K shooting. We had the Half Moon Bay shooting. Uh, we lost Billy Packer, who was a legendary college basketball broadcaster. If you're into March Madness, you know who Billy Packer was. He died at the age of 82. We lost Lisa Loring, the OG Wendy Adams from the Adams family. Now, if you want to go and see something funny, go to YouTube and put in Wednesday Adams dancing. I think you will enjoy that. So in New York, Drake had a a concert at the Apollo and people were being filmed as they left the Apollo by the police. Now we understand facial recognition is a part of our society. They implement it at airports. So sure, the, you know what? They probably were targeting 
a section of Drake's audience because I'm sure ballers, players, dudes in the know are going to show up at a concert like that. And I'm not saying it's right, but every time that we're out in the general public, we kind of lose the right to privacy. And we will be all one day facially recognized. Uh, this technology is there and it's going to be used. I mean, I always wanted to do the DNA and me type thing, genetic, you know, find out about my past, who I'm linked to. But I refuse to put my DNA in a database that I don't want to do. So M&Ms, which I don't understand, they said they're replacing the spokes candies with Maya Rand Rudolph. Uh, all of a sudden, spokes candy. These are candies. These are not real things. They're too controversial to be used to represent themselves. So they had to bring in a human who they felt was America's sweetheart type, Maya Rudolph. Rudolph. And uh, let's see how this works. I think this is just leading us into a switching bait for the Super Bowl where the candies reappear and they get into some kind of kerfuffle with Maya and we go on from there. Now, I want to give a, a shout out to a company that I absolutely adore. Uh, I'm not getting paid for this. I wish somebody from their company would hear this and reach out to me and show me some love. But Matuk's Soka Hot Sauce, which is on the Scoville heat level, 50,000 to 250,000 is maybe the best hot sauce ever made by anybody at any time in history. They have other flavors. I'm not as big a fan on the flambe or the calypso sauce, but the Soka hot sauce, which comes in a 10-ounce bottle, you can get it on Amazon. You can order it from a Tooks themselves. If you live in New York, God bless you. You can just go to the grocery store and buy it, especially in Brooklyn and Flatbush area. It's all over the place. It's sweet, it's hot, it's uh, made out of, uh, what are those peppers? Uh, it's made out of some uh, scotch, scotch bonnet peppers and uh, I guess some sugars and stuff, but the heat is beautiful. It tastes delicious. I highly recommend Matute's Soka Hot Sauce to anybody that's listened to me, especially if you're a hot sauce aficionado. Now, I did watch a little TV this week, even with everything that's going on. I watched The Godfather Harlem. Now, I seen the show. I didn't see a uh, Sunday show, but I seen the show before. Now they have this new character, Joe Colombo, and it's a little bit too much Joe Colombo. I have a problem with Malcolm X inviting Elise to travel with him to Africa. I mean, I'm not liking the way that they are portraying Malcolm X as though he has this... It, platonic so far but he has a relationship with a woman that's outside of betty shabazz which we have never heard of nobody's ever accused him of this the man seemed to be pretty pious when it came to being a muslim and this is just not right for his legacy this is not right for his uh i don't know who's signing off on this but the almighty dollar rules and this woman He's a, a father of like five daughters. Uh, they're making Bumpy Johnson out to be more than he was. Bumpy Johnson was not in that picture when Malcolm was standing at the uh, the window with his AK. That was Malcolm alone protecting his family from the firebombing. 
we never heard of Harlem gangsters protect Malcolm X and his family from firebombing because they wind up getting firebombed anyway. So where was the Harlem black mafia there? Now they have this Joe Battle, who's the Cuban boss of Spanish Harlem. There wasn't even that many Cubans in Spanish Harlem in the 1960s. I don't know why this man is not a Puerto Rican. Uh, people should be offended that all of a sudden a Cuban is running Spanish Harlem when at the time you got maybe 50 fucking Cubans in all of Harlem combined. I watched this show called Will Trent. One episode was called A Teacher with a Dirty Secret and the other one was called An Howling Man, which referred to Lake Lanier. If you do not know what happened in Lake Lanier, Georgia, you need to look that up on your own. I'm not going to give you a history lesson today, but shame on you anyway. The good doctor. So Perez has survived his drug overdose. For some reason or another, he's back to work. Lim surgery, spinal surgery was a success. She can walk. Sean and Leah had yet another pregnancy, pregnancy scare. And they found out they're having a boy. I mean... For the last time, no more pregnancy scares from Sean and Leah. Let them have the baby and let us move on. Criminal Minds evolution is coming towards its end. Zacharias was fantasizing about killing his family over and over again. Rossi got an image of him and the team moved closer to Zacharias. Now, my problem, actually, the last episode ended with Rossi knocking on his family's house door. My problem with this is Zacharias is bypassing videos because he's walking around with some kind of clicker that jumbles video system, but he's been in cars. He's been in hotels and nobody's going back to the old 1950s, 1960s way of policing. Not once has they ran fingerprint diagnosis on him. He would leave sweat DNA inside cars by sitting in them and stuff like that. Makes no sense. All three law and orders flunked out. They get a thumbs down. The OC dealt with this guy, Murphy. He's the Westies 2.0. SVU, Benston and Stabler almost kiss. We're watching 13-year-olds. Nobody gives a rat's fucking ass that's a male about Benson and Stabler, especially this particular Benson. This is an older Benson. Now, if Stabler would have did this back in 2020 when she was hot as hell, we would have cared, but nobody cares now. Captain Duarte was murdered. Uh, Joe Velasco gave drugs to a CI while at Rackers Island. I don't know how this is going to turn out more than likely. I don't know if this young man is leaving the show or not, but we shall see. And then law and order dealt with the limps that kids will go to become internet famous. Uh, Anytime somebody deals with what kids will do to become viral, to make money to become viral, I find that a little interesting. So out of the three, the OG version of Law & Order was the best. Now on BMF, Black Mafia family, Meech has already recovered from his gunshot wounds per se. Lamar and Terry, I mean, Lamar's chasing him out of town. He's He's all over the place. He's got a shit bag, a colostomy bag attached to him. 
I mean, how he finds them on a highway, that's television. Out of the blue, who knows? Terry made a major mistake with a drug uh, supply. So right now, it really ended with uh, Meech and Terry running down to Atlanta, and we'll see how that works out. Raw Triple X was not that great a show. The best part of the show was the trial of Sami Zayn. I also watched, if you do not like this show, but you want to give a episode a chance just to see what it's about. And this is another one you've been living under a rock. I don't know how you could have missed this at this point in time. Watch Seinfeld's The Couch. This is the episode where Poppy pees on the couch and George has interaction with this black family. That is once again, Seinfeld The Couch. Major League Baseball Hall of Fame voted in Scott Rowland. He's the 18th third baseman to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's the fewest of any position in the Hall of Fame. He is going to join Fred McGriff in Cooperstown this summer. Fred McGriff was put in. He was a first baseman. He was put in by a special committee in December. This weekend, we had the Royal Rumble. Now, am I going to go into each and every minutia of each match? No, I will not, but I'm going to tap on some things that I thought. You had the Universal uh, Championship match, which was Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Roman Reigns won the match. He beat KO ruthlessly. Uh, those couple of times where he hit the back of his head on the steel steps, I don't know how they pull that trick off. Uh Wrestling is amazing when it comes to that. Then they eventually handcuffed him, and they asked, uh, Sammy actually asked Roman to stop with the beating. But instead, they beat the bejesus out of Sammy, I mean, uh, KO. They also started beating on Sammy because Sammy hit Roman with a chair. But Jay shocked everybody when he left the ring. Mm. So we have to see how this plays out and how this fits into WrestleMania. The Royal Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, pretty much steamrolled Alexa Bliss, which just led to some video drops by Uncle Howie and the Funhouse Playhouse type thing on the screen. The Men's Royal Rumble, I can't say I'm totally shocked that Cody Rhodes won, but I am shocked that Gunther was so good in this match. Logan Paul and Ricochet pulled off some fucking incredible move off the top rope. Booker T entered the Royal Rumble and the place popped for him. The Women's Royal Rumble, real Ripley won. Oscar debuted a new look. Dewdrop debuted a new name. She's now Piper Nevins. There was a lot of unknown women to me I did not know in this match. There was no Ronda Rousey in this match. And Nia Jack returned. I don't know if it's a one-off or not. Liv Morgan was very good in this match. She was in there like one of the first two women, her and Rhea Ripley, and they went to the very end. Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight, some pitch black match. Bray Wyatt defeated Knight. Uncle Howdy did some kind of jump off the top of uh, this thing at the end of the fight. It was a weird kind of glow-in-the-dark match. They gave Knight a little bit of offense, but it wasn't nothing he could do. This was to put 
Bray and the family over big time, and that's what happened. Now, we don't have no UFC this weekend. We have no UFC next weekend, but the UFC will be returning on February the 4th. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak from the Apex Center in Las Vegas, Nevada on ESPN+. You can check out the card for that. Now, I'm going to give you the big games of the NBA this week and only the big games. Tonight, you got the Lakers versus the Nets. Tuesday, you got the Heats versus the Cavs. You get the Pelicans versus the Nuggets. Wednesday, you got the Trailblazers versus the Grizz. The Nets versus the Celtics. Thursday, you got the Clippers versus the Bucks. Friday, you got the Hawks versus the Jazz. Saturday, the NBA is showing off a little bit because there is no football. You got the Clippers versus the Knicks. You got the Lakers versus the Pelicans. You got the Heat versus the Bucks and the Mavs versus the Warriors. That is a big time day for the NBA next Saturday. And then Sunday, you got the 76ers versus the Knicks. Now, why I don't go into detail about the NBA, and I will do that around uh, midseason, right before the All-Star break. I'm assuming that most of you are NBA fans and you know the players or you at least know the key players from these teams. So I don't need to break down and tell you who on the team is doing what versus who on the other team is doing what. I'm just giving you the matchups. So it looks like my Dallas Cowboys have finally parted way with offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Good riddance. I can't wait. I'm hoping this is true. I'm not into rumors. I'm not into stuff like that. From all reports that I have heard at this present point in time, he is separated from the team. I did not like the way he ran that offense. I don't care if this upsets Dak. I don't give a fuck about that. I care about the Cowboys because I'm going to be a Cowboy fan when these players are no longer there. And I was a Cowboy fan before these players arrived there. I'm loyal to the star, not any player. So the Eagles beat the 49ers 31-7. to Miles Sanders ran for two touchdowns, and linebacker Hassan Riddick, who had a hell of a game, made a hit that forced 49ers rookie quarterback Brock Purdy pretty much out of the game with an elbow injury. There was some crazy shit. Kyle Hanahan, Shanahan did not throw a challenge flag in the first quarter on a Devontae Smith catch, that one-handed catch in the first quarter, which we come to find out led to a touchdown, but also would have given the Niners the ball back, and he did not make the catch. Uh, the 49ers were stuck with fourth stringer Josh Johnson, who stunk the joint up. He acted like he was scared of the situation, like he was not prepared, that he didn't practice. Uh, uh, the 49ers, when Brock Purdy left, the steam pretty much came out of the boat, and it was just a matter of time. This was a really bad game. It was not enjoyable. I love football, but for this to be one of the last three games of the season, I did, I did not enjoy this game at all. This was... Um, this was like watching paint dry. You knew that eventually the Eagles were going to win, and I really disliked the Eagles immensely. And the Chiefs topped the Bengals 23-20. to 20. Harrison Butte, last second 45-yard field goal, won the game. But there were a lot of bad calls in this game. Uh, 
there was some shit called the shutdown play. I don't know what the shutdown play is. Please, if you can explain what the shutdown play is, please tell me what it is. I mean, they gave them an extra down, meaning the refs gave the Chiefs an extra down. The ball should have been turned over to the Bengals. And I feel horrible for Joseph Asai, who got the roughing the passer call that led to field position for this uh, field goal. But you can't touch the quarterback when he goes out of bounds. When is coaches going to practice that if you touch that white line, man, no matter what you have to do, if you have to roll like curly mole on the floor, do not reach out. Do not touch. And I know it's the heat of the battle. But, oh, man, and I feel so bad for this young man because he played his heart out, but this was a bonehead move that really hurt his team. I think the Bengals got screwed. I think the Bengals were actually the better team. Uh, the Chiefs survived, and they survived with the help of some bad refereeing. So you got your Super Bowl. It's going to be Hurts versus Mahomes and two weeks of hyping, two weeks of overhyping this football game. I hope it lives up to standards. But there are some interesting things about this Super Bowl. It's going to be the first Super Bowl between two black start, starting quarterbacks in NFL history. Travis Kelsey of the KC Chiefs and Jason Kelsey of the Philadelphia Eagles are playing in the Brother Bowl, the first time two brothers have went against each other. This will be the Chiefs' third time going to the Super Bowl in the last four seasons. So there are no rookies to the situation, the moment, the hype machine, etc. Now, next week, I'm going to do a show called I Know the Rules, But the Rules Don't Know Me. That will be my next week's show. I appreciate you spending time with me. I always welcome your feedback. If you thought that I was wrong about something that podcasters need to do when they're ready to quit or they need motivation to get themselves back on track, let me know. If you thought I was wrong about Sherilyn C.J. Davis, the Memphis Police Department, the Scorpion Unit, or Tyrese Nichols, hit me up. I'm not afraid to have a dialogue with you in some way shape or form will i argue with you online not gonna happen that is not what i do here not when i have a podcast and somebody could just pick up the phone and call me but this is how it goes man i need them to do better so that i can feel safer about walking the streets of america without thinking that those who were hired to protect and to serve will be the criminal element. It's bad enough we got to deal with the criminal element. We don't need the criminal element to also be the person that's behind the badge. And if you can see that the people who were behind the badge in the Memphis Police Department on that particular night of January 7th were criminal, then me and you really have nothing to do with each other. We have nothing to say with each other. And I wish you well in your life but I don't need a subscriber that bad because that could have been me. For the grace of God, that could have been me. That could be me anytime, especially being a person who has a gun license, who carries a gun. What happens to me in that situation is if I run into the jump out boys and they cry out pistol, 
do I then get lit up? I mean, that's something I have to think about, you know, and that's something that's real to me. Well, I'm going to tell you, like I tell you each and every time, people, peace to you and peace to yours.